I'd like to welcome Dr. Maya Gertz from ITSI, who will be taking us through the next um, research presentation. Um, well, as you can see, I'm from Germany, so I'm a little bit from the outside. We'll tell you a little bit about the German market, but also about our international studies. Because sometimes it's good if you think out of the box to understand your own box. Well, first, what do we do? Um, what does the International Centre Institute for Youth and Education and Television at the Bavarian Broadcast Corporation does? Um, I'm a part of the public broadcasting system in Germany. Our mission is to promote quality in children's youth and educational television from the research side. So what we're doing is uh, we have one of the world's largest libraries in children, youth and educational television. So we, we are reading what is out there and summarizing it. We're doing a lot of basic research, most of them is internationally, like how do media go into the fantasy of children, how do, how do children use media for the identity work, um, how do people learn from, from television and from internet, something like this. And we're doing trend research, so whatever is very successful, the young audiences, like, you know, we have done three studies on Spongebob and on Hannah Montana and on Pop Idol and on Pop Noddle and on, you know, all these kind of things. Because the idea is, if something is really successful, there must be a reason behind it. So let's try to understand it and then give the public broadcaster the hint, okay, this is what is really what we can learn from it, and that is what we should avoid. Um, so we're doing a lot of formative research from, you know, first ideas to do character development to character testing, uh, pilot te uh, season testing and so on. And we are publishing. Um, it's free of charge. Just go to our website um, and you can get all the articles there. We'll send you the television, which is once a year in English, um, free of charge. So what we're doing is really looking on the audience side with a mission to promote quality. And I'm also in charge of the Pre-Jeunesse International. Um, it's, so to say, the Oscar of children's television, the worldwide largest network for high quality in children's television. And this is to promote quality from the production side. Every other year, there is uh, the Pre-Jeunesse International. Over 500 producers from over 60 countries come together to Munich, watch together around 90 shows, go to international discussion group, discuss each program, learn about the news results and meet in several ways and at the end choose the best of the best. It's every other year so don't forget to give in the best of the best you have of the last two years to the next Pusinus which will be May 20 to 25. So um, what I will tell you today is actually published in this book. Um, it's a research book, so just read it if you really like to read research. Um, it's actually uh, answering the question, what makes a TV character the favorite TV character? In Germany, we have something like 1,000 main characters every week, free aired, but there's no, uh, normally one or two characters which are really the character. So the question is, why is it the one and not the 999 others? What we have done, basically, oh, um, I've written on this book 12 years, so it's um, a long time. Um, we started with 40 very intense case faults with girls and 40 with boys to understand, and some of them are really in crisis and are growing up under difficult circumstances to understand how do they use TV for their everyday life. Out of that, we developed a standardized uh, possibility to measure the utility value of a character. Um, done this in several waves and uh, developed the utility value system and now we're doing this every year 
uh, with a representative study. And uh, beside of that, we're doing a lot of, you know, trend studies. So to understand what it's all about. And um, actually, I will not go into any of these very uh, me methodological questions or whatever. I will try to make, you know, a big roundup, tell you what makes it uh, what makes the a character successful more from the side what should he avoid what makes it not successful so let's start from the very beginning a baby is born <laughs> and um, even if it's uh, still in the stomach the question is what is it <laughs> and what people are asking is not is it a human being is it wanted is it healthy no what they want to know what sex does it have is it a boy or is it a girl? And from the moment when this is categorized, the whole life of the, of the child will be shaped because everybody will see this child as boy or as girl. And when they're around 18 months, they know they are the one or the other. And actually, at the beginning, I mean, they're so small, it makes no sense that we put a Superman sign on the one and a ribbon on the other. That is gender. That is a social construction. And of course, we are living in a world where this social construction is already there. I mean, try to make a ribbon on the baby boy. It can even be a green one. You get so negative feedback, you will stop it. On the other hand, this social construction is done by us. We are doing gender every day. So we can change it, and especially as media people working in the mass media, we are doing the representative, we are representation, we can narrow it down or we can widen it. It's in our hands. Let's start with a little guessing game, because gender has its consequences. Um, can you have a look at your neighbor? because you will team up, okay? Um, so you will see a clip. The original clip is five minutes long. Uh, we, you know, cut it together now for one minute, and it looks like this. Zehn acht für VfB Köln. Ihr müsst jetzt vorlegen im Finale, Darius. Jetzt geht's eins gegen eins. Das hat jeder schon mal erlebt hier. Auf den Torwart zu. Ab jetzt. And actually, it goes on like this for five minutes. So the question is, who watches the show interestingly? At the beginning, boys and girls. At the end, uh, girls and boys. And at the end, girls and boys. Discuss with your neighbor. Make a guess. <laughs> okay, let's see the answer. Well, so some things are really gender stereotype because they're growing up in this world. So what to keep in mind when working for boys? First is start with the competences, not with the weaknesses. Um, actually, boys have a very sensitized identity. It's really like, you know, a bubble identity. So they're really easily to hurt. And they're growing up in a, in a world where there are a lot of powerful educators, and most of them are female, you know, a lot of powerful women. And all the symbolic material, all the stories we give them is that boys are the heroes, and they are not. Actually, the girls are better than them. So it's really hard for them to survive. So 
try to start with its strength. Um, for example, this is a fantasy from Israel, and Omar draw, uh, draws what is his big daydream. His big, big daydream is to have the cape of Superman to fly, um, to gloves of Spider-Man to crime, climb up um, the, all the walls, uh, to have the sword of Super Star Wars, all the Pokemons on his belt, um, <laughs> the cap of Batman so they can hear really good. He actually graduated from um, Hogwarts with summa cum laude. <laughs> um, he discovered the secret uh, island and he caught Moby Dick. <laughs> so um, this, of course, is also an Israeli fantasy. You know, I'm ready for fight. But it's also very typical for a boy because what they try to get out is, you know, to get strength, to get against all the big and powerful women around them. The other thing we can learn from boy research is be careful with too much talk. I mean, for all children, talking hats are difficult, especially if they're younger. But especially for boys, in the moments when the testosterone flows into their body, for example, around four and five, there's a, there's a part in their life, and then their perception change. It gets very, um, oh, I don't know the English word. Um, it's very difficult for them to listen to a voice like this one. So, you know, go up, clean your room, because otherwise it's untidy and I don't want to clean your room. <laughs> for them, <laughs> So it's more like, hey, clean your room, <laughs> now. It's a little bit more like talking to a dog. <laughs> yeah. um, and actually try it out. So be very precise with the word. No talking around, just very precise, very clear, and it's much easier for them to understand, just from a physical uh, moment from. And be careful with some sensitive moments like kissing. <laughs> um, until the age of 11, 12, kissing for them is really like, you know, they're saying, yeah? It doesn't mean that you don't have to show kissing, but don't do it. Yeah, just make a joke around it, then it would work. Because humor is one of the ways which makes it possible for them to feel. Especially um, when it comes to really sad emotions, don't force them to be really sad. Uh, one of the beautiful examples, actually the best practice for boys, how to teach very deep and existential uh, issues is, for example, Spongebob. SpongeBob is they really go like SpongeBob through the story. They imagine to be SpongeBob, and he is the ideal self. SpongeBob always wants to do everything right, but you know, from his very heart, he does a lot of things wrong. But he's still very cool. He can learn, yeah. But he's very cool, and um, there are a lot of very extensional problems behind it. But it's always so much fun, so that boys can choose if they want to go deep or just stay with the humor side. And it's actually really clever built from the character side. SpongeBob, for example, has the ideal friend. The ideal parasocial friend is a little bit more stupid than we are, so you can look down a little bit. And he has the ideal peer group, I mean Sandy. Um, Sandy is a real cool friend. You can do a lot of cool things with Sandy. You can even fall in love with her, but have you seen her helmet? She never can kiss you. <laughs> and there are also some separation characters which are also cool and this is clear so that's not what I am so this is really a nice way for boys to deal with their deep things with their deep uh, themes um, you can do the same with the girls just you know I'm, I'm really summarizing uh, start with being on the right more side if they're doing something really wrong from the beginning, it will be hard 
for girls to follow this character. Let harmony happen. There can be a lot of problems, there can be a lot of things that go, but let harmony happen and let just enjoy the moment. Be careful with sensitive themes like violence. Yeah, Hurting each other is really difficult for girls to stand. And there are a lot of other things. And one of the best practice is pink princesses. Which brings us to the phenomenon, why do girls at a certain age really love, not all of them, but a lot, pink princesses? Yeah, it's right, three, four. Um, to understand that, let's go back. What does it mean to be a princess? A princess means you're valuable just because you're there. Yeah, let's forget about the marriage thing at the end, but <laughs> when they are born, you're valuable just because you're there. And that's the best thing we can give to a child. And again, it's more of the boys which are problematic, because if you're a real prince, you at least have to kill three dragons. Um, and if you're four, there, it's really difficult, and not too many dragons flying around. So, um, but as a girl, this is really what is, what is in their heart, how they feel. And pink, because it's the only color which is not boy. And girls feel, really feel self-confident, especially in the preschool time. They're really proud to be a girl. A little anecdote uh, from the study about, this is Princess Lilifee, a uh, German brand, um, started actually as a book. Uh, and we were sitting in, in the kindergarten, as a kindergarten of the university, we were sitting there, and three girls are playing university in the sandbox, which is already, you know, three girls playing university <laughs> in the sandbox. A boy comes up, wants to play with them. They said, no, boys don't go to university. They can't. <laughs> because, you know, their mother is going to uh, uh, social science. They are nearly only girls. And if they're boys, they have long hairs. So it's like, you know, they are growing up with a high self-esteem. They are the high achievers. They are the ones who are more clever, who can walk better, who can speak better. So they are really proud of being a girl. And they like this moment of pink and glittery. It's really an aesthetic feeling for them. And they're really proud of being a girl like the mother. Actually, they even interpret the profession of the mother into Princess Lilifi. Um, and for the mother, actually, she likes it in an aesthetic way, but it's also a kind of uh, biographical healing. Um, one of the mother told as well, when I was at that age, I was not allowed to have these, you know, Barbie and pink. That was not possible. And her, actually, her mother was right. Because 30 years ago, if you educate a girl in a girly way, you limited her. If you educate a girl today, you make her strong for our educational system. So, um, actually, it's about celebrating being a female, but, of course, a certain kind of femalehood. And there's much more to say about that. So, it's different way uh, how it looks like, but if you really go deep, something is behind all of them. It's the seams, but it's also, especially in times when, you know, life is a little bit hard, when they're in crisis, they go to the media, and especially to the TV heroines, and use them to stay psychologically healthy. They use it to fulfill the wish for example, to be loved. And especially if they don't feel be loved by their parents and the people around them, they imagine to be loved by using the TV character. 
to be proficient, to decide on one's own what is right and wrong. Normally, we don't allow children that. In their fantasy, it's possible to allow it to have one's own will to be seen. And actually, there is no gender difference. And we even measured it. It's even the way how they use the TV character is exactly the same. So it's more like you know being a human being, being a child in this world. And then ask the question, okay, how, what do we offer them to fulfill this dream? Well, if you're a girl, you have to be really sexy. And it's, uh, look at the, at the middle, it's something like this. Yeah? You have to have very long legs and show a lot of your body. Or you have to sing and dance and be really sweet. You can save the world, but still you need a long hair and be very, very thin. If you're a boy, you can be a sponge. <laughs> Um, or you need some technical things like, you know, a watch that helps you to save the world. You can be the chosen one or you are the one who are doing everything really wrong. <laughs> so what we have is the wish behind it is no gender differences, but we tell it in totally different ways with a full gender difference. So if you look at the current uh, favorite characters in Germany, it looks like this and on the boy's side. So what we are telling them at the moment is the girls are the high achiever, the add-on. They are perfect in every way. Nobody can be perfect in every way. It's not possible. But the children use it to try to be the girl everyone wanted to expect it, uh, wanted them to be. And on the boys' side, it actually, it's subverting obstacles and tasks. It's doing everything wrong, and that's okay. To a certain extent, that helps, but... You know, it's more to fulfill the fantasy. Um, they just gave it up. They, they know they can't be the boy everybody wants them to be, so they just gave it up, which is problematic on its side too, because it's good for boys to try to achieve a lot of things. And with these, you know, polarized gender stereotypes we have, um, the market is stereotyped. Uh, it's not about the characters itself. It's more about, you know, the big picture, if we look at affinity of gender and age of the TV, of the favorite TV characters, and we have age on the long and boys up, girls down, it looks like this, 2005 and six, uh, seven. So, and it looks like this, 2010 and 12. And you can see how it turned apart. Yeah, you have down there characters no boy, no boy would, would touch. The question is why? So what makes a character not to be touched by a boy? Well, first thing, hypersexuality. And when we presented the first time this results in on Hollywood Kid was Gina Davis, the producers immediately said, but that's what girls want and that what you know what we all want, do we? Well, we took a character, Bibi Blocksburg, German brand. Normally she wears this uh, jumper. Um, in one uh, picture book, she looks like this. So it's the waist-to-hip ratio of 0.5. We slimmed her up. We make her a bit more and tested it on a representative level. And I thought, okay, this is, you know, you're changing the picture. Nothing will come out. No. Clearly, it's a tendency to the middle. But clearly, boys and girls want a character which is normal, not hypersexualized. And especially for the boys, they even would like it a little bit more choppy, would more look like themselves. 
So the question is, one practical example, how can you de-stereotype gender? This is our big classic brand in Germany, over 40 years, Show with a Mouse, and they want to make a little a spin-off for preschoolers. And for a chromatic reason, it should be pink. It's the big sister of the elephant. Yeah, It has a lot of fantasy, and it could jump very high. So the question is, okay, how should it look like? And they first came up with this character. And then we tested it with, you know, little uh, drawings possible to draw with boys and girls. And actually with the ribbons in the ear, no boy touches the picture with a bunny in the ribbon. So ribbons off. Then there was a question, color. And we made little clay uh, characters. And boys play with it, no problem. So the color pink is actually okay. Actually, pink in former times was the boy, boy color. It was the, uh, for the little royals. Um, so it's a social construction. But then they thought of naming it pink, rosa. And the boy said, no, no. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> it's okay to make it pink, but not, make it, uh, not name it pink. And, um, but then was the question, okay, does, the character really represent the power of jumping high, yeah, because all of the, the head fell off. <laughs> um, so they came up with this. <laughs> okay, then we tested it, representative sample, and is it a girl or a boy? With ribbon, for most of them, clearly a girl. Much better with that one. You know, half of the boys think, oh no, it's a boy. Um, would you ask your mother for a toy for the bunny or for your birthday? Ugly question, but it even makes it more attractive for the boys. So another good reason to go beyond gender stereotypes. And one of the reasons, if we know all this, why are we still so gender stereotypical? Well, we analyzed the Cannes catalog for three years. Who writes children's television? Oops. Head author, 70% man. And now, who directs children's television? Oops. Yeah. It does not mean that man cannot work for girls or cannot be degender or cannot be more sensible, but they clearly need more gender sensitivity. So actually, there's much more possible than we think. And there are good reasons to go beyond pink versus blue to give children their own key to open their own world. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I think we have um, time for some questions. That was fantastic. Thank you. Um, uh, one, your, your gender balance with writers and directors. Um, did you also look into the producer gender balance? And what was that? Because I know, uh, having worked in TV in this country, I think the gender balance is way more towards uh, women producing. Um, in the international market, it's about 70% men. I mean, it's uh, so st still. It's one thing is the feeling that we have. The other one is just you know, let's count. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, if you let's count, you see, and it's not so. But there are very strong, very uh, interesting women there. No question about that. For example, in Germany, we have a uh, 2.7 uh, female executive producer to male executive producer. So there. There are women who are really clever and smart, but they have the power. Yeah, so it's, you know, again, little boys are working for powerful women. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
Hi, thanks again for the talk. Um, in regards to the pink versus blue argument, the talk focused on the idea that children are sort of forced down a gender path off the bat, and that path is dictated by what they watch and what the creators make. Obviously, in the last decade, we've had a huge influx of people talking about transgender and agendered people, uh, particularly kids as young as six and seven transitioning. Uh, do you believe that well, as far as I can recall, there aren't any transgender or agendered representation in children's media today, not to any prevalent degree. Uh, do you feel that it would benefit, or what, what effect do you think it would have to have that representation? And do you think it could be used to bring down those gender barriers to get rid of the pink versus blue argument altogether? Um, there are very few representation of them worldwide. So it's really, you know, like... That is like pink and blue, and then there's something like this. Um, I think every child would benefit if we start playing war with these kind of sites um, so that they can experience themselves if I'm this or that, if I'm more of this or that. So because we're limiting them. So, and of course, we know one out of thousand are, has really different sexes in itself, in the body itself, but there is much more in, there in the psychological side. So it's not like, you know, these are the girls, these are the boys. So for every child, it would be good if we play more with these kind of things, especially at the moment for the boys. If a boy starts to wear a skirt or if, it to, uh, if he really likes to wear pink, you know, all the educators would jump on him, which is like, you know, why, why is he not allowed to play with glitter things if he likes it? You know, it's, so it's, uh, of course, it's also a question of the minority, but it's also a question of widening the perspective for all of them, because we want all of them to open their own world. Can I just say, in our research, we've uh, come across this, there's much greater tolerance and awareness and understanding, and it's coming from celebrities that have led the way. So having characters in children's television is probably some way off, but there is something going on at the moment with well-known figures that they relate to, that is helping them uh, understand the issue. Hi, I just wanted to um, draw your attention to um, some of the work we've been doing at CBBC on that very issue that you're highlighting. We've done a wonderful My Life documentary called What is a Girl? And we've also done a fantastic uh, documentary called My Name is Leo uh, about the story of a boy who was born in a girl's body and the story of him getting his passport changed. So have a look. We're trying. Absolutely.